make a decision not based on your own emotions. You pray about everything. And then you make a decision based on what seems good to the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't seem good to the Holy Spirit, don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. It will turn and bite you in the end. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Talk, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues his exciting series, The Gift. On the last Life Talk program, Pastor Jeff discussed that the Holy Spirit is not just a force or a power or any other it, but He, the Holy Spirit, is a person. On this episode of Life Talk, Pastor Jeff continues walking us through the scriptures to show us just exactly who this third person of the Godhead really is and what it is that he does. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to part two of the message, The Holy Spirit is Not an It. Watch this. When he calls you to preach, he puts in you an inescapable, irretrievable, undeniable fire to preach the Word of God. That didn't come from Jeff Wickwire. That consuming fire to preach the Word of God came from the Holy Spirit. He put it in me. And whatever spiritual gift you possess, it was the Spirit's will. It was His choosing. He looked you over. He knew you. And He said, I'm going to impart this gift into this child of God. And he gifted you. So like a person, the Holy Spirit has a mind and the Holy Spirit has a will. He willed to bless you. Are you glad he willed to gift you? Amen. Amen. Now the third thing is the Holy Spirit has power. It goes without saying. But think about it. We human beings have been given power. We've been given the strength to exert ourselves and do things. We have the power of life, the strength of life. As your days, so shall your strength be. And likewise, Jesus told the disciples, just before ascending back to the Father, he said, don't you dare go out and try to preach until I send the Holy Spirit upon you. And he said, I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Did you know that God doesn't look down and see a church that's barely eking by and holding on and kind of hiding in the shadows until he comes again? No, 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 no. God did not envision a church that way. God envisioned a church that had been redeemed by his son's blood, that had been filled with the power of his very spirit. The same spirit that hovered over the face of the deep in the beginning of creation now lives in you and he gives power. Everybody say power. The Greek word is dunamis. We get three English words from that one. Dynamic, dynamo, dynamite. Suggesting that the Holy Spirit's power is explosive. It is readable. It is detectable. It is visual. It's something that registers. It is power. 
dynamo, dynamic, dynamite, power. It's the greatest power in all the earth. It's more powerful than a nuclear bomb. It's more powerful than an army. It's more powerful than the will of men. It's more powerful than all the forces of hell. You cannot stand against the very power of God He's gifted His church with. The gates of hell will not prevail against an empowered church. Thank God for the power of God. May the God of hope, Paul said, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. How many want to overflow with hope? How would you like to just burst with hope? Amen? Okay, listen to what it says. That you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Even overflowing hope. That's why Christians can go through hell and back and yet they have peace when everybody else is falling apart. That's why the believer can have hope when there is no hope. That's why the believer is left standing when everybody else falls. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. Charles Spurgeon wrote, It's self-evident that wherever you find understanding, will and power, the attributes of God, or the attributes of the Holy Spirit, wherever you find understanding, will and power, you have to find existence. It can't be a mere attribute. It cannot be a metaphor. It cannot be a personified influence. It must be a person. There's a person living inside of you and me. He has a mind. He has a will. He possesses power. And not only that, but he commits acts and deeds like a person. Today, you woke up. You remember that it was church day, and you said, hallelujah. You didn't say, oh, me. You said, amen. And you said with the psalmist, you were excited about going to the house of God. I was filled with joy when they said, let's go to the house of God. And you got up, you got dressed, you got in your car, you came here, you committed acts and deeds. Because you're alive, you committed acts and deeds. The Holy Spirit commits acts and deeds like a person. In the first chapter of Genesis, before anything was created, we find the Holy Spirit mentioned. You know, I'm about to read Genesis 1, 1 through 2. If you accept Genesis 1, 1 through 2, you cannot go with evolution. Because Genesis 1, 1 and 2 tell us right off the bat, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So don't let evolution make a monkey out of you. You know, seriously, if I were uh, an atheist, let's just say I was an atheist, and I looked all around me at what is around me, the trees, the birds, all that is, if I looked at it, and its complexity, and the way it has all come together so that I can see you and you can see me, and it responds to light, and the pupil dilates, and so on and so forth. If I looked at just that, I couldn't stay an atheist for long. I'd have to at least go up a step and go to agnosticism where you're just not sure, but I could not say definitively, there is no God if I looked at things with intellectual honesty because evolution doesn't make sense. Intellectually. It doesn't make sense. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Now watch this. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The word hover means moving. The Holy Spirit was on the move at the dawn of the world. The Holy Spirit was on the move. He was moving. He was acting. He was committing deeds. 
Genesis is telling us right here, it's describing the moving and the acting of the Holy Spirit who was intimately involved in the creation of all things. We see, hear, taste, touch, and smell the vast universe, the world we live in, and everything within it. One writer says, the world was once a mass of chaotic matter. There was no order. It was like the valley of darkness and the shadow of death. But God, the Holy Spirit, spread His wings over it. He sowed the seeds of life in it. The germs from which all creatures sprang to life were implanted by Him. He infused the earth so that it became capable of life. The mighty Holy Spirit of God that was hovering over the face of the deep has been hovering in here today and lives inside of you, every child of God, that mighty spirit involved in creation. So when God created the universe, all three members of the Godhead were intimately and intricately and integrally involved. God is the one who said, for instance, let there be, and the first thing was light. But John tells us that all that came to be flowed through Jesus. He says, he, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. I'm going to read that again. All things were made through Jesus. And without him, say it with me, everybody, nothing was made that was made. Everything flowed through the fingertips of Jesus. So we have God the Father saying, let there be light. Then we have creation flowing through. Jesus. But then Moses tells us in Genesis, the Holy Spirit was also moving across the face of the deep at the moment of creation. So I think creation went down like this. I think God spoke it, let there be. Jesus amended it, amen. And the Spirit of God brought it forth. Let there be. Amen. And the Holy Spirit moved. And I believe they operate the same way today. The Father says, let it be. The Son says, amen. All the promises of God are yea and amen through Jesus Christ. So he amens every promise. So God the Father spoke the promise. The Son amens the promise. And the Holy Spirit releases the promise. So the Holy Spirit has understanding. He has a mind. The Holy Spirit has a will. The Holy Spirit has power. And the Holy Spirit commits acts and deeds just like a person, but he also guides and counsels and instructs, just like a person. And they've got a bunch of candidates there. And it says, suddenly the Spirit spoke. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to who, everybody? Me. That's the Spirit talking. Separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Wow. A force doesn't say, separate them to me. And it doesn't say, I have called them. Only a person says that. And notice he didn't say separate Barnabas and Saul for ministry. He said, separate them to me for the work I have called them to. The Holy Spirit was literally the third party of the missionary journey. It was two men went out, but it wasn't just two persons that went out. It was three. And any real ministry, true ministry, ministry of God always involves the third person of the Trinity with it and upon it 
and guiding it and using it and leading it and anointing it. So that we see they went out on the first missionary journey. They start to go into one area to preach, and it says the Holy Ghost said, don't go there, the counselor. They started to go somewhere else, and the Holy Ghost said, don't go there, the counselor spoke. Here they are, Saul and Barnabas, looking for God's will, wanting to preach the gospel. But the third person, that person of the Holy Ghost that called them and anointed them and sent them, went with them and was guiding them, talking to them, leading them every step of the way like a person would. So important. Then I see one more powerful truth that reveals the Holy Spirit to be a person. He has emotions just like a person. Did you know the Bible says you can grieve the Holy Spirit? Ephesians 4.30 says, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed. As we talked about last week, signed, sealed, and delivered. You were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve. That word grieve means this. It means to sadden or it means to cause pain. We can literally sadden or cause pain to the Holy Spirit. He has the emotion of feeling grieved like a person has. I was talking to somebody just recently, and I said something. And I don't even remember what it was, and to me it didn't seem anything that, you know, should raise any flags. But as soon as I said it, I sensed that it had grieved the Holy Spirit because all of a sudden I felt a check. You shouldn't have said that. And I felt that tightness in me, and I felt that check. Jeff, you shouldn't have said that. That wasn't a good thing for you to say. And so quickly I said, Lord, forgive me. I didn't mean to say anything that would grieve you. I pray all the time this prayer. I say, Father, forgive me for every thought, every word, every action, and every attitude that has grieved you. Because that's only four things we can do. Think something wrong, say something wrong, do something wrong, cop an attitude that's wrong. And by the way, after this series, I'm going to talk about the power of attitude. Oh, you better get ready for this one. Because I'm going to talk to you about how your attitude will make you or break you. I'm going to talk to you about the magnitude of attitude, but don't let me get ahead of myself. So the Holy Spirit checked me because He's there with me as a person. I will send you another helper, the comforter, the parakletos, who will stand beside you as a person and strengthen you and hold up your arms and guide you and teach you and illuminate you. And so he checked me and I grieved him. And we grieve him by either our words or our thoughts or our actions or our attitudes. You can have an attitude that grieves God. You can have thoughts that you know grieve God. And we need to keep those under the blood. And he says, work at, strive to not grieve the Holy Spirit because he's a person. He can be grieved. We can sadden him. We can pain him. That's why it's so important that in your home you not say things that would grieve the Holy Spirit. Hey, listen, if we need him anywhere, we need him first and foremost in our homes. And so we don't want to say anything that grieves the Holy Spirit. We don't want to treat one another badly because that grieves the Holy Spirit. And, you know, a lot of people that believe they're depressed, they're not really depressed. They've grieved the Holy Spirit. And when you're a child of God, that makes you feel down because He's a part of you. Amen. And so when we bless with our mouth and when we pray and when we treat others in love 
the Holy Spirit is edified and blessed and fills where we are. Amen. Don't shout me down on that one. He can be resisted. He can be opposed like a person is opposed. When Stephen was preaching his great message before he was martyred, he said, you stiff-necked people, boy, wasn't he a good preacher? Wasn't he out to win church members? He looked at all these Pharisees and Sadducees, and he said, you stiff-necked people. Can I translate that for you, the revised Wickwire version? You stubborn jerks. You fools. He says, with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you are just like your fathers. You always resist the Holy Spirit. That means oppose. And the Holy Spirit can be lied to. And he can be offended by being lied to. Don't you hate it when somebody lies to you and you know they've lied to you? Don't look at me when you've lied to me. Or when they have lied, you want to say, look at me. Look me right in the eye and say that again. Because a liar will, will dodge you. But doesn't it make you mad when somebody lies to you? You don't think enough of me to tell me the truth? I hate it when somebody lies. Just bald-faced lies. That's why, well, let me stop. But there was a couple in the New Testament that lied. And look what Peter said. He said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? And he dropped dead. Aren't you glad God doesn't kill liars in church anymore? We wouldn't have any churches if he killed all liars. There'd be no mega churches. There'd be no churches. There'd be grease spots out there, and there'd be a grease spot up here. He did that to give us the fear of the Lord. And you know what I like? It says, after this couple dropped dead, it says, nobody dared join the church after that. That killed church membership. Boy, if you get in there and you lie, you drop dead. But you can lie to him, and he can feel offended by the lie, just like a person. Wow. He loves like a person. Hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. He's a lover. He loves like a person. He loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Aren't you glad for the love of the Holy Spirit? Isn't that what changed you? Isn't that what really changed you? The love of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? I'm going to close with this. The Holy Spirit can feel good about something. Can you believe that? The Holy Spirit can feel good about something. When the apostles were seeking wisdom for some local church issues, they settled with what they sensed the Holy Spirit had agreed with. It says in Acts 15, 28, for it seemed good. Everybody say seemed good. good. I want you to catch this. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. A force can't say, well, that feels good to me. Or an it can't say, well, that seems good to me. Only a person can say, that seems good to me. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. Now, that's the way you make a decision, saints of God. You make a decision not based on your own emotions. You pray about everything. And then you make a decision based on what seems good to the Holy Spirit. If it doesn't seem good to the Holy Spirit, don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. It will turn and bite you in the end. It says it seems good to the Holy Spirit. And notice, they knew as children of God what the Holy Spirit 
could put his peace on and what he could not. And can I convince you today, persuade you today to understand that the smallest decision in your life he's concerned about and he will give you a peace about it one way or the other. He will say, that seems good to me or that does not seem good to me. So before you get married, say, God, is this person your will? And only go with it if it seems good to the Holy Spirit. Where you live, where you work, who you run with, where you go to church, does it seem good to the Holy Spirit? As God's child, you will know it because he'll give you his peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. And in closing... I want to show you a verse that Paul gave to the Corinthians, his benediction at the end of 2 Corinthians. I want you to listen. This is a verse that's haunted me in a good way many times. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. Here's the Trinity in one verse. The grace of Jesus, the love of God. And look what he says. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. that Jesus was somewhat limited by his flesh while he was here? He could only be in one place at any one time. But before he, Jesus, went to the cross and died for us, he told his disciples that it was going to be a very, very good thing for him to go. And why was it such a good thing? The disciples wanted Jesus to stay there with them, not go away. But what Jesus knew was that when he marched triumphantly back into heaven after his resurrection, that God, his Father, would release the promised Holy Spirit into the earth, and that he, the Holy Spirit, has no physical limits or time constraints that flesh and blood imposes. Now the Holy Spirit could be everywhere all the time in everyone who believed doing the work of God in and through them anytime, anywhere. That is who He is. That's a pretty good deal for us. Well, that's it for today. We hope you've enjoyed the message. But remember this, the Holy Spirit will be with you and live in you wherever you are and wherever you go. Join us on the next Life Talk program as Pastor Jeff begins the message, Be Filled with the Spirit. Until then, may God bless you richly. The Holy Spirit is not an it, is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Gift. You can own a copy of this six CD set for just $30 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. 
With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand, today's broadcast, or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. And you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.